Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Well, welcome to Friday, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday, and this is the number one show at 5 o'clock, and we're broadcasting out of WABC 770 Studios, and it's a TriCast. We are on uh, AM 970, The Answer, and WLIR in Long Island, and uh, we have a a few people in the studio today, and we have some common sense uh, Democrats. We have, uh, uh, usually we only have common sense Democrats on on, Friday. Fridays. On Fridays, but it Democrats seems like only on Friday. a few other people showed up, which is great news. Uh, we have Judge Richard Weinberg, and he has a report on what we asked him to, to give us yesterday. Uh, Governor David Patterson and uh, Tony Carbonetti, uh, the chief, former chief of staff of uh, Rudy Giuliani. John, I had to come in on a Friday just so you could say later on that I was here on a Friday. Thank God we got at least one Republican. <laughs> he's leaving now? He's, he's, he's leaving now. And, and we have one special guest today. Just one. A real, real common sense uh, person. I'm not asking if he's a Republican. I'm not asking if he's a Democrat. But I can guarantee he's a common sense person. We have Jerry Crowley. Vice President and General Manager of AM 970, The Answer, and WMCA, and uh, makes a lot of good decisions at Salem Communications. Jerry, welcome to uh, the studio. (laughs) Well, I think you're saying all those nice things, John, just because I'm your number one supporter. I'm not sure I would get those compliments otherwise, but thank you very much. (laughs) Well, Jerry, we know each other a long time, and... uh, uh, we've always had uh, good times together. Well, let me tell you, uh, just quickly, there's no one like you, and I'm thrilled to be here. It's a real pleasure, so thank you. Well, yesterday's show, we gave Judge Weinberg and uh, Governor Patterson a task, a task to find out a couple of things. Uh, one of them is Black Lives Matter collected $90 million, and they bought, uh, they bought a, what, it was a white mansion. In a white neighborhood in Beverly Hills? Yeah, BLM now st- stands for Buys Large Mansions. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but not just, but, but Lydia, not just one. They That's bought, what I said, mansions. Buy Large they Mansions. They bought two in Canada. Yes. Now, who was contributing this money? And I understand you did a study on it, and we're going to find out who the CEOs of those companies are. And, and uh, give me the top 10 contributors to Black Lives Matter. You want to hear them? Yes, go ahead. Cisco, uh, PayPal, Comcast, Levi's, Amazon, Microsoft, Nabisco, Gatorade, Unilever. Nabisco? Yep. I'm going to start eating, stop eating those Oreos. Sell you, those Oreos. United Health Group. Facebook alone donated over $10 million to this type of or, or this organization as well as other ones devoted to racial justice. Home Depot, $1 million. Apple. So the list goes on and on. I mean, $90 million, That's probably... Understated, underestimated. How many mansions can you buy for ninety million? I'm God. Listen, I will, we're probably we, soon we, find all out. All of us, all of us Rolexes, in this room, believe Cartier. that Black Lives Matter do matter, and that all lives matter. But the fact that this organization, it doesn't look like they're 100 percent legitimate, does it? Absolutely not. Governor Patterson, uh, what say you? Well, when you've had these real tragedies such as the death of George Floyd and the the whole trial and that kind of thing, there is usually a reaction that we want to try to bring people together. There were more diversity programs. There were more contributions to different organizations. But this is one of the problems with corporations at times is that they really don't do their uh, due diligence on who they're giving money to. And in many ways, they are giving money to add to the hate and the derision between people. So it's, it's just very sad to see uh, something like that happen. 
And it, it's not helping relations in this country at all because these individuals who, you know, when they first started out around 2014, 2015, Black Lives Matter sounded like a pretty progressive organization, but also a responsible organization. But each year it seems to yeah, get but, worse. But Governor, it's a Marxist organization. It's an anti-Semitic organization. It, it gives money to uh, shell organizations. Right, but that's what terrorism. I'm saying. When they, they first started, they didn't start exactly yeah. right there. And I think but, what, the, what you're saying, Governor, is correct. This was a knee-jerk reaction. Most of these companies, if you went there and you said, oh, I have a children's charity or a cancer charity, they have an entire group that takes a look at it to make sure they're an A-rated charity, to make sure they're doing the right thing. This was all knee-jerk. It was, oh, my God, what am I going to do to make people think that that we're woke enough? Oh, I'll write a check for $10 million here to Black Lives Matter. That's what happened here. You couldn't write that check fast enough. Out of the 50 black children around the country that have been killed so far this year, how many times has Black Lives Matter been out in the streets to protest those, those how deaths? How much money have they given or, to, to, to the, how much to money the, have they given to, to the, the black communities? Or, or even to the families of the deceased children who must be suffering and needing help in a lot of different areas. Um, that would have been something positive to do with money that uh, you raised for causes. Jerry, any opinion? Yeah, I want to know why a governor, when he was, uh, he's a black man, he didn't participate in any of that money. It would have been a good thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> black Lives Matter, right? Governor Patterson, did you get any money from them? No, I didn't get any money. However, I heard that for a couple heard, more million. I heard you got two Yankee tickets. <laughs> yeah, two Yankee tickets. <laughs> he didn't even see the game. I didn't see the game. But for a it. couple of million dollars more, Black Lives Matter is going to buy another mansion, Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia. <laughs> if they truly cared about black lives, what about the 21-year-old man that was killed in a case of mistaken identity recently in the Bronx? And then you had Judge Naida Samaj who let the accused killer go free. This is a case we talked about yesterday, Judge and, Weinberg, right? And we have an update on this. We have a major update. It, it turns out that it's not bail reform why this kid got kicked loose and is free. It's all because of this judge, the grand jury. There was an indictment. There was a motion to dismiss, and the judge granted it. Based and, on the earlier reports that, that came through the media, we thought it was a release that had to be done because there was no indictment. And it was a, a failure of the grand jury to indict or a failure of the district attorney's office to present the case. And that's what was being reported earlier. Now we find out that, in fact, there was an indictment. There was a motion to dismiss the indictment presented to this judge. This judge did not like the testimony at the grand jury. She thought that the police were not being fair, that they were biased, that they weren't firsthand witnesses and uh, threw out the indictment. So the problem is – problem is one moment, Governor – that there was other sufficient evidence, according to the reports, that would have held this person in. So even for the probable cause that there was a crime committed and this individual committed the crime. But even if not, as Lydia, you and I have discussed earlier in the day, there was other basis to hold him in anyway for a representative of the grand jury. judge let him go? Judge Naida Samaj. And this kid, this 17-year-old kid, was already on probation just five months earlier for a violent robbery. He also beat the crap out of his mother and held her up at gunpoint. For that alone, she should have been in Rikers. And I know you feel very passionate about this case, too, Governor Patterson. So this is a poignant moment, Your Honor. Explain to the audience, because very few people know this, what gives the judge the authority to throw the indictment out? What does the judge have to establish? Well, the grand jury has to make a finding that is probable cause to believe that a felony was committed or a crime was committed, and this individual defendant committed that crime. That's the standard. They, the defense counsel can bring on a motion called a motion to dismiss the indictment. The court, the Supreme Court justice, has the uh, the right and the obligation to review the grand jury transcript, which is confidential, by the way, and and to make a determination whether there's good and sufficient evidence to uh, sustain the grand jury's determination. What she did here is she said that she found that the police officer's testimony before the grand jury was biased, was prejudicial, and therefore she was throwing out the indictment. Who is she? And therefore, therefore, if she thinks it's prejudicial, that's her opinion. Correct. Mm -hmm. And what it appears she did here was she moved it to the regular trial phase and decided to become a juror of one 
and uh, dismiss the complaint, which is the indictment. Ju- Governor, you're a great assistant district attorney, and you've just proven it once again. And, and Justice Naida Samaj, who is she to supersede what a grand jury of the you know decided, what the cops decided, what the district attorney decided, what the press, everybody decided? Who is she just based on looking at a couple of papers? I know Tony Carbonetti, yeah. this is, and this was a case of mistaken identity. This wasn't even caught in the crossfire. She walked up, this, this accused killer walked up to a 21-year-old kid and shot him point blank in the head. So we have taken away the power the judges used to have to hold someone without bail when they thought they were a danger to the community. But we've let them keep the power to overturn an indictment. It's ridiculous. It's com- and speaking of ridiculous, we'll go to the next topic. The what is it? The disinformation governance board. Have you heard about this? Yeah, you we- spell it uh, George Orwell, nineteen eighty four. Well, this we found out under the Department of Homeland Security. And I want you guys to take a listen to the Minister of Truth. She is going, she's the Biden designated executive director of this board. Here's a little diddly she put out. It's how you hide a little hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared bad intel from Ukraine. Or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain. They're laundering disinfo and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. They actually appointed this woman to the board? She's the executive director. She is the Ministry of Truth. The song put her over the top. (laughs) Oh, my God. Now, we got one more thing. Uh, This morning, uh, Bernie and Sid interviewed Miranda Devine, who called in from Australia. Uh, She is in Australia to observe the elections there. But she thought it was important enough to call in to Bernie and Sid this morning uh, to, to... the voice. And it goes perfectly with this this whole thing that we're talking about, because this minister of truth, she said that the laptop from hell was made up. It was disinformation. It was Russian interference, all this other she stuff. She herself is the minister of disinformation. Exactly. So Miranda Devine, once again, clearing the record. Here she is on Bernie and Sid. Take a listen. Well, listen, last time you were on, uh, you did say that you felt somewhat vindicated that the New York Times, the Washington Post, all these liberal outlets admitted that Hunter Biden had done the things that you wrote that he did. So uh, we knew from day one your investigative work was top-notch. We knew you were right. Me and Bernie talked about it uh, from day one. But even though you said you felt a bit vindicated and you were right, for me at least, Miranda, for me at least, Hunter Biden is not enough. Unless the big guy gets indicted too, I feel like we dropped the ball. How do you feel about that? Well, look, in an ideal world, but I think it's going to be done in stages. I don't think we're going to be seeing a Joe Biden indictment while he's president, to tell you the truth. Um, but uh, he's certainly culpable. We know that he was definitely involved in his son Hunter's business dealings, even though he told us multiple times he wasn't. So it's kind of ironic that a guy who is bends the truth all the time is now his administration is running a ministry for truth. That not that, it is so typical, it's so Orwellian. It is the opposite of the reality. This administration is the least transparent, the least honest of any in recent memory. And of course, they're the ones with the ministry of truth. And uh, Miranda Devine, to that point, the woman who's going to lead this ministry of truth she called the laptop from hell, the name of your book, the title of your book, she called it a Trump campaign product. This woman, she pushed the Trump-Russia collusion, the Steele dossier, a bunch of other things, you know, all, all this uh, these hoaxes over the past couple of years. And she's going to lead the Ministry of Truth. And, of course, as, as I mentioned, the laptop from hell, Trump campaign product. I mean, what are these people, have, what, what are they thinking? Do they have this... That must disdain and contempt for us as uh, as voters, as as constituents, that they just bold face lie to us to our faces like that. Yes, that's exactly what it is. They are hardcore ideologues. This woman is utterly ignorant. All she does is just do what she's told. She is an ideologue. She follows along with her left wing radical ideologues. They don't care about America. They don't care about the truth. Uh, she's just like her boss, uh, Alexandro Mayorkas. 
uh, he is the same. I mean, if you saw him during the week give testimony, he doesn't care about illegal migration. He loves it. He's embracing it. And yet he lies and he says, oh, we've got the border under control. No, they don't. Hmm. They haven't at all. I mean, there were 200,000 plus gotaways just since October. Uh, he's he's among the two and a half million people that have flooded over the border, over the southern border since Joe Biden became president. We have we're now told that there were 42 suspected terrorists that were encountered. So God knows how many that we didn't ever encounter that just slipped into the country. And Mallorca doesn't care. They don't care about humanity. Uh, you know, we we had one of the um, congressmen uh, held up some you know, faces of the dead, the, the people who, Americans who've died of fentanyl overdoses. Yeah, New York doesn't care about that. They don't care about humanity. They are, well, they don't care about people. They sort of care about humanity in general, sort of theoretically. Miranda, I was just talking about how you tweeted out my book and all that good stuff, and you must be thrilled that Elon Musk has taken over Twitter. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? Well, I mean, I, I was so honoured, Sid, honestly, to be with all those fabulous people in your um, promoting your book. But yeah, Elon Thank Musk, uh, it's it's great. Uh, we're looking at someone who's, you know, he's not right, he's not left. He just believes in free speech, but in a way, he's one of those old uh, Democrats. You know, he's realised that the party's just been totally taken over by radicals and uh, dragged left. So he's sort of in there on, on the centre-right now. And, uh, you know, most Americans um, agree that he's going, Elon Musk is going to make Twitter better. And we saw that in a Rasmussen poll out today, which shows that a majority of Americans, 62%, think that Elon Musk will make it better. And that includes every Democratic Every sorry, every demographic, including Democrats, uh, a majority of Democrats, I think 57 percent, uh, think that it's a good thing that Elon Musk is getting involved. So I, it just shows you that Twitter employees are completely out of touch with American mainstream thinking. And um, that's why Twitter is such a disaster. I mean, they probably had the same people that are in the New York Times newsroom, in the Washington Post newsroom. They, they have come straight out of university. They don't know what real life is like. And they'll probably go and graduate to the Ministry of Truth, get on that board. <laughs> well, that was Bernie and Sid. Uh, that was mostly Sid. Uh, with Miranda Devine calling in from Australia to, because it's important enough to, to tell us what the heck is going on. Uh, now we have a, uh, a good friend, uh, and he's calling in from Omaha, Nebraska, uh, where he's uh, visiting with uh, Warren Buffett, and his name is Paul Luntzis. Uh Paul, are you there? I am, John. Thank you for having me. How's the weather in Omaha, Nebraska? Uh, it's a little cloudy out here. It rained this morning, but um, it's fine. It's it's nice. The market went down a thousand points today. Where's Warren Buffett set? <laughs> well, John, I think as I said in our last call, volatility is here to stay. There's a lot of uncertainty with interest rates rising from the Fed. The GDP was a negative 1.4, um, which concerned people with stagflation on the front, you know, economy not growing and inflation stepping in. Um, the Fed's going to stop buying securities. Um, so there's just a lot of unknowns, John. The market's very nervous. Uh, what else would you like to uh, – you, you, every uh, banker in the world is in Omaha this week. Uh, tell us uh, what, they're, what they're saying in the general comments. Well, John, they, they call this out here the Woodstock – for capitalists and uh, people who have been shareholders for a long time, such as myself and our clients and many others, they come out here. We kind of call it a pilgrimage. There's gatherings all over. There's you know, get-togethers at different restaurants in Old Market. Um, you know, they call Warren the Oracle of Omaha, and it's just a very special time. This is my 32nd or 33rd year that I've been out here, and it's just a wonderful opportunity to get to know what's going on at Berkshire. They'll have the annual meeting tomorrow, and they'll talk about the company, um, update shareholders uh, and others. And historically, Charlie and Warren would sit up on the dais and just answer questions. Um, they, they aren't pre prepared. Whatever questions they 
are proposed with, they answer, and it's just a great time. And now they've anybody asked them about bitcoins yet? Well, they they haven't asked them yet, but tomorrow, John, that's probably one of the questions that are going to be raised, and that is Bitcoin. I'm sure someone's going to ask him about that. They're going to ask him about the market outlook that you mentioned. They're going to ask him why he has so much cash. He bought Allegheny for $11.6 billion. He invested $4.2 billion in Hewlett-Packard. He invested a chunk uh, in Occidental. But outside of that, there's other questions. His buybacks, he slowed down the buybacks that he's bought back for the shares of the company. What's going to be life after Buffett and Munger? China's going to be raised, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, crypto. Those are all questions that will be raised, and it will be very interesting, John, to see what his responses will be. We're looking forward to talking to you maybe Monday, and you'll fill fill in everybody on that, would you? I will. I'd be happy to, John. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, uh, that's interesting, huh? It is. And by the way, on the Minister of Truth, Nina Jenkowitz, I pulled up, I found one of her old tweets she says, I think we as a country, we're too free-spirited to comply with social distancing recommendations unless they're forced upon us. So force away. Lock us down. Lock us down. So this is our minister of truth advocating to lock down the entire country, a la Beijing style. Well, I'm sure Al D'Amato, Senator D'Amato is coming on later. I'm sure uh, he, uh, he has a few things to say about that. Should we take a break? And when we come back... Uh, We're expecting Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow. He'll be talking about the markets and more and what's going on in the world. Keep it right here. Cats at night. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. This is the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show, and we have a great guest on the line. You know it's Friday. Uh-oh. Oh no! You know what that means. The cavalry is the cavalry is coming. <laughs> the host oh, of the number no. one show in the nation at four o'clock on Fox Business, Larry Kudlow. He's a premier economist, the best economist probably in the world. He also served as the director of the National Ec- Economic Council from 2018 to 2021. We were just watching you, Larry, on uh, TV. There. How was that? <laughs> you were fantastic. You Thank you. Larry, uh, the economy uh, surprised a few people today. It didn't surprise me, me and you probably, but uh, instead of going up 1.1%, uh, it went down 1.4%. What say you? Yeah, well, look, at. Uh, I think the big story on GDP and personal income and some other releases is uh, the 8% inflation rate, okay, the basic broad-based Federal Reserve target rate is 8% and shows no sign of abating. The Fed's uh, target is 2 I think, you know, with interest rates, uh, the 10-year is just under 3%, so it's way underwater on inflation-adjusted terms. Consumer uh, incomes are underwater because of the inflation. I think this is why the stock market sold off 900 points today. It had a very bad April. Uh, year to date, it's off about 10 or 11 percent. People are waking up to the fact that inflation is here to stay and that interest rates are going to have to go significantly higher. That's going to affect multiples. That's going to affect the discount rate for uh, future earnings. And it's negative for stocks. And the economy is not in a recession, but I think it is in stagflation. And so I think of this in terms of it's probably on the front end of a recession that we may see next year, but it's not good. None of this is good. And the biggest culprit is still the high inflation rate, which frankly shows no, no signs of abating. So I think that's the big story. The other big story, look, let's get to it. Politically, you have this insane story with the Department of Homeland Security and uh, this uh, disinformation 
uh, government board. People are calling it the Ministry of Truth, uh, to borrow a George Orwell phrase from his book 100 years ago. I mean, you know, this is another major political blunder by the Bidens, okay? This thing is going to be laughed out. They never should have done this. It's not just about homeland security. It's about education. It's about elections. God knows what. And so you're right. Win Tin Tin played the bugle. The cavalry is coming. This is a major political blunder on their part. Major. And now uh, Powell, our um, Fed chair, a few days ago, some of his subordinates were saying, well, maybe it's going to be three quarters of a point. Powell today says, well, it may not be a half a point, maybe less. What say you? That's crazy. They ha- they are so far behind the curve. I mean, again, their target rate is one quarter of 1%, 25 basis points. Uh, that's where it stands today. The inflation rate, again, the Fed's favorite measure is 8%. So how in God's name can they become more cautious? They are so far behind the curve, they should be even more aggressive. I mean, look, the underlying numbers in the GDP report were better than the top line. If you look under the hood, you had decent consumer spending and very good business investment spending, which I think, by the way, is a function of the uh, Trump corporate tax cuts, which still have not been reversed, though Biden has tried. They're still there. So businesses are still spending. They're buying equipment, and they are making investment. So it wasn't a, a, a terrible report. Um, It was the trade balance that caused it to be underwater. But the overwhelming point is the 8% inflation rate. And the Federal Reserve has to knock that down. Now, look, the Congress could cooperate and Biden could cooperate if they'd stop spending so much money and deficit spending and borrowing, which puts pressure on the Fed to print more money. They're not doing that. But that's the overriding problem. Really, only the Fed can stop the inflation rate. So if the Fed goes slow, John, you know, you might get a half-life in the stock market, but it would be very temporary. And ultimately, it'll make the problems and the corrections much, much worse. Understood. Uh, What else would you like to tell the American people? We have a few minutes left. Well, I'll just say I don't want the Ministry of Truth. In the Department of Homeland Security. What do you think's her future? You think she's going to last or they're going to kick her to the curb now with all these videos that are popping up about her? Because she sounds like a whack job. Yeah, she is a nut job. You're absolutely right. They're going to throw her under the bus. I mean, everybody is now on this story. And look, I mean, uh, uh, Madam Saki said that they had this in the Trump administration. That's a complete lie. We had nothing of the sort. And by the way, if Trump had a had a had a board of misinformation, do you think anybody would have gone crazy over that? I think they would have. So they can't w- wiggle their way out of this. This is a major political blunder. They'll probably throw her under the bus. Mayorkas, who as the DHS secretary, who has permitted open borders, right? Title 42, they still want to do away with Title 42. They do not want to substitute remain in Mexico or build the wall. Uh, This is a major political issue. They've just added, you know, fuel to the fire with this crazy woman and this crazy board. Uh, So all I can say is the cavalry is coming. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Not again. Well, this, this woman, I think she's a reject. I'm waiting from, for Rin Tin Tin to be in the front of it. I think this woman's a, a, a reject from Wicked. She wants, She's a wannabe Broadway star. We unearthed this other little video diddly from her. Take a listen. You heard who she said. Who do I have to F to be famous and powerful? In the meantime, they're effing the entire country at this point. Yeah, well, you know, it's just um, look at think of it this way. They want to control information just the way they want to control the economy. Okay, their big government socialism, regulations, attack on fossil fuels, raising taxes. They want economic control. They do not want individual freedom. 
They do not want individual opportunity, and they do not want individual entrepreneurship. This is woke economics. This is far left stuff. And they all kind of go together, the suppression of free speech and the suppression of a free enterprise economy. It's a very bad combination. But the good news, again, the good news is the American people are rejecting this stuff. They're rejecting the suppression of free speech. Free speech. Everybody's rooting for Elon Musk to take over Twitter. And they're rejecting uh, the overregulation of the economy and the idea of big spending and big taxing and big money printing. So there's going to be a big, big change come November. That's the best part of the story. The toughest part of the story is um, what John and I are going to do in the next four or five months waiting for the cavalry. You're right. Uh, Jerry Crowley, you had a question? Yes, I do. Hey, Larry, how are you? Um, Hi, Jerry. You know, it, it all comes down, in my opinion, to one word, one simple word, leadership. When we had leadership in New York City with Giuliani and in, in Albany with Governor Patterson, you had confidence things would get worked out. Now you have no confidence and everything's out of control. So I think uh, until we get back to electing leaders that can make the decisions, Larry, because what you're talking about is a little esoteric. It's what you do. You do it better than anyone. But Johnny Lunchbox doesn't understand that. I don't understand it. And by the way, I don't carry a lunchbox. But it's very difficult. (laughs) And you really have to look to leadership to take control and tell us what the heck to do. And when you were in the White House, Larry, with Trump, that's what we had. Smart guys telling us what to do or leading us. We don't have that now. There are no smart people. There are no leaders. There's no brains. They're, they're really, I mean, look look at your leadership. And look what de Blasio did to this city over eight years. Talk about well, lack of leadership. I'm sorry. It's you know, unbelievable. I, I, there, is, there is lack of leadership. No question. Uh, this is a weak crowd, but the bigger the bigger picture here, which I think Americans do understand, is what they've done to the economy with high inflation, uh, what they've done to the border with a couple of million people, illegal immigrants streaming across, what they're doing to education with their woke policies. I mean, by the way, Mayorkas said in the hearings, uh, talking about this uh, uh, this, uh, misinformation board, he wants to look into education. So I happen to think he should not look into education and that parents – not school boards or teachers unions should run their kids' education without the kind of gender and sex and uh, cult, uh, CRT, critical race theory. These are Look, these are things that Biden has proposed. Uh, he's been taken over by the far left. Uh, it is not working. So it you now have the Justice Department and the Homeland Security Department intimidating parents, protecting their children. But, John, what does John always That's say? Correct. America is under We're attack. Under attack. We're under attack. America is under attack. And really, uh, to talk about leadership and one of John's themes is there's no damn common sense. That's a problem. They have gone way too far. And they're asking people to believe stuff that nobody believes. You have to have some common sense. If it's not working, change it. And so far, Biden seems incapable of changing an agenda which is clearly not working. And therein lies the problem. And he will be punished politically for it come November. Larry Kudlow, thank you for everything you've done for our country and continue to speak out for our country. God bless you and God bless America. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Take care, everybody. Lydia, bye-bye. That's one common sense guy. Uh, Let's take a break. And I understand we're going to come back with Alphonse D'Amato. And we have Dr. Peter Michalos uh, after that. And during, maybe while we're talking to Senator D'Amato, we can call that Minister of Finance from the Ukraine. Right, Natalie Angeresco. She has a few things to say, and we'll do it while the senator is on. Absolutely, and she'll talk. Let's take that break. Yep. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. John 
Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Katz at Night Show. On the line for us right now is Senator Alphonse D'Amato. I mean, it doesn't get more New York. It doesn't get, I mean, he's quintessential of uh, what we need right now in America, in New York, in New York City. Senator Alphonse D'Amato, how are you, sir? Very good. Great to be with you. I I understand you're mad as hell and you can't take it anymore. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Katz? You're going to be in big trouble soon, and I'll tell you why. Here they have a new board that they're convening. (laughs) This information board, okay? I mean, are, are, are we a dictatorship? We're now going to have government officials deciding when there's misinformation and what they haven't told you, what penalties, what will they do? This is like, I guess Putin has gotten into their head and and they want to be dictators now. I mean, and who do they put in charge of it? This wackadoodle that you see her singing and, and they put her in charge and who led the misinformation against Hunter Biden and his laptop. Everything that was said was true about that laptop. It's coming out now. But she was there singing, deriding it. She's lined up 51. That's her singing right now. So you don't like her singing, Senator D'Amato? Yeah, that's her. Oh, we found a way to get the senator to stop talking. (laughs) she's going to be in charge of this what the hell do we have a democracy that is now because his numbers are sinking they're going to be start attacking the disinformation board anybody that brings up things that does not make them look good huh senator it's tony carbonetti so i have have a question is misinformation an opinion they don't like is that the definition Of of it yeah, you tell me. And she's the expert, the expert who was defending and attacking anybody who brought up things about Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, misinformation or misinformation expert, and I think you are. She is a misinformation expert, by the way. You she's also a big, a big fan of the Steele report, which is the whole nonsense about oh. Trump being colluding with. She, she was also advocating for lockdowns for the entire country by force. She's a well, whack job. Let me let me tell you, if you have a contrary opinion to the left wing administration, which is destroying the economy of this country, by the way, not since 1970 has our stock market suffered as egregiously as it has this past month. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Read it. World, World, World Street Journal, various reports. Incredible, frightening, and if you think things are going to get better, they're not. And and if you want to blame it on Putin, no, Putin didn't cut off uh, building pipelines from Canada. Putin didn't make it tougher for people to find oil on 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 federal properties. Putin didn't make it impossible for the oil companies to drill cheaper and better and who wants to tax the oil companies yeah that's great tax them and what will they do they'll only raise the prices even more what a bunch of jackasses but i would be censored by this wacko board and this wacko singer for expressing these thoughts and and maybe i should say oh the border they're doing such a good job and keeping drugs out and criminals out. You should do a song. Can you yeah. sing for us, Senator? <laughs> I love it when he sings. South of the border. Let's keep the killers right where they are. Let's stop the drugs from killing our children. <laughs> South of the border, the Mexico way. I've never had a U.S. Senator sing. <laughs> Well, Beautiful. Yeah, you fine. should. You're way Bravo. better than that girl. Yeah. Well, well Senator, I uh, make more sense. You, <laughs> Senator, you said something. It's David Patterson. You said something that I found shocking. So, April yeah. of 2022, the market went down worse than September of 2008. 
Yep. Yep. You, you, you got to go back to 1970 when you take the whole month, this whole month. Right. And, and compare it to any other month. You got to go back to 1970. OK. It's, it's Again, it's one month. But that's the barometer of things to come. Go into the supermarket. Today I was in Costco. Why do I go to Costco? Because it's got the best prices there are. And, John, you don't have a store out here. If you had a store out here, I'd pay a little more. But. <laughs> Ouch. We, we have better, better fruits and better vegetables. Let the record I reflect. Do. Right. But I, but I, but I got to tell you something. The prices in Costco. They're, they're not immune. They've got to increase prices. And more and more people are going there. They're jamming the place because uh, they have to. Uh, uh, Senator, it's Tony again. It's, it's Tony. Why, why are you shopping? Come to New York City and shoplift. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what are you paying for stuff uh, for? Well, did, did you feed the whole family. Come on. on. <laughs> because of the laws here, you got kids from Newark, New Jersey, young ones coming in and raiding homes indiscriminately in Long Island. I, I, I mean, Governor Hochul, wake up. If you're not going to stand up for the left wing, why should we continue? And John and I, uh, I think, have given her the benefit of the doubt, but it's, uh, time is running out. Let's I think the right, Senator, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. I think huh? the, the right thing to do, if you want to be fair and equitable, Senator, is we should pay yep. the tolls when they come over from New Jersey. Because why should they have to pay the tolls to come here my, to rob our stores? My friend was just telling me he got almost a $300 ticket for kind of rolling through a red light on Times Square. He said the cop just knocked on his window and handed him a $278 ticket. I said, you could have just robbed the CVS down the block and stole up to $1,000 worth of merchandise instead. And you would have been fine and nothing happens to you. Right, Senator D'Amato? Right. Yep. He would have been released and home before the cop made it out of the precinct house. But... Um, that's what's going on because of this bail reform laws and, and this crazy. But, but we can build a, a, a half a billion dollars of taxpayers' money to build this stadium for a billionaire, a multi-billionaire uh, who owns the Buffalo uh, football team. I'm for football, but I'm not for the taxpayers subsidizing it. I'm not for the taxpayers building stadiums like this, and it's never been done before, and it's wrong. Jerry Crowley, any questions from the senator? No. uh, When are you going to get your own radio show, Senator? I love coming on here. You know, uh, I have a good time, Um, um, and, uh, you know, we can go on when your schedule permits, when my schedule permits, and and I generally have time after 5 o'clock to come on. And to share some thoughts with you people. Well, we always enjoy we always enjoy talking to you, and and you say it the way it is. And uh, you love New York. We all love New York, and we have to make a comeback. And uh, these politicians, enough is enough. They have to realize that we need New York City to be safe. And uh, look, we're going to do what we have to do to uh, make sure the right people get elected. Couldn't we have used that I, I money to build Rikers back up? They let it just go to waste for years and build some oh, no, mentally no, no, ill no. hospitals spend, and courts. Oh, we got to spend five hundred million dollars, and it'll be more uh, uh, to build a football stadium for a billionaire who will just become richer on the backs of our taxpayers. No, we can't take care of Rikers. Uh, we can't take care of the school district that I grew up in, Island Park where the taxes are going to almost double and go from $4,500 a year to 9000 a year over a five-year period of time because she has a LIPA board, the governor, that is out of control. And they went and hired five state. Oh, the disinformation uh, losing, lady got to him. They got I to him. I think they, they cut, got to him, Lydia. Uh, they uh, cut him thank off. Thank you, Senator D'Amato. Let's take a break. <laughs> and when we come back, we got Dr. Peter Mihalos calling from far and far away places. Who knows where he's calling from? Uh, um, but uh, he's got a few uh, tidbits that he has, wants to say about our health. 
It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. Now we have on the line another brilliant guy, a renaissance man, our own resident genius. We have Dr. Peter Mikolos. How are you, doctor? I'm doing great. Great to be with the Cats at Night team. And uh, tonight, after hearing all these different topics, it's appropriate. We're going to talk about high blood pressure a little bit. I have pills to distribute to everybody. <laughs> well, I'm Italian. Yeah, I was born this way. <laughs> some, exciting, some exciting news on that front is in the United Kingdom. They're testing out a new drug called the uh, Zilabarasan, which actually will only have to be injected twice a year, believe it or not. And uh, that's pretty amazing if it ends up working out where it blocks angiotensin, which is involved in the dilation and constriction of blood vessels. So that's exciting news. Imagine having to, uh, if you have bad blood pressure, you can go twice a year for an injection and uh, you can control your blood pressure. Another exciting, that's just this week announced actually, and another interesting study came out of Australia where they found that they took three different medicines because there's a problem with medicine compliance around the world in the United States. So they mixed three different uh, medicines that work by different mechanisms of actions, and they gave a quarter of a dose of each of the three and sometimes four, and they put it into one pill, and they found that the blood pressure control was far superior than taking the full dose of each individual pill or taking them separately. So that's another great advance. Why are we concerned about high blood pressure? Because high blood pressure is involved in strokes, heart attacks, aneurysm, kidney disease. And now they even know that it's a major risk factor for dementia. Why? When your blood pressure goes up, the vessels in your brain say, I can't take it anymore. And they look narrow and they constrict. And that affects blood flow to the brain. One of the only places in the human body you can directly visualize blood vessels is the human eye. So when we look in the back of the eye, we can actually see hypertensive uh, retinopathy and narrowing. And that's one of the signs of high blood pressure happens to be blurred vision. Sometimes people even get double vision, dizziness, lightheadedness, headaches, even nosebleed, and sometimes even nausea. So it's important to control it. And the things we want to educate our audience are try to lose weight, try to exercise, don't smoke, avoid eating salty foods, sugar foods, high fat foods. And uh, those things can, uh, you know, help avoid things like obesity and uh, diabetes and also foods like uh, caffeine in excess or even green tea in excess that increase your heart rate. And also that's why they came out with, uh, you know, decaffeinated products. So, but that's some exciting news about a twice a year injection. And then the other uh, interesting thing that you guys have uh, been hearing about that's been in the breaking news uh, this week has uh, been a Colorado inmate was the first human case in the United States to have a H5 bird flu, bird flu in the United States. And what that is, is it's a, there's ongoing outbreaks occurring in birds and poultry in the United States. The first case in the world was in the UK and it came from poultry. Again, right now it's not really affecting humans, but it's so unusual that it did jump jump to humans. Well, but it is a major financial loss because literally so they have to kill. So how do people protect themselves? Uh, you, you better cook your chicken real good. Well, when you're handling it, actually, that, these people got it. This gentleman was working in a uh, prison work release program, and uh, he was touching it. And what it is, you have to really uh, wear gloves when you're handling uh, chicken and poultry, and cooking it well is also another thing to do to pr- protect yourself. But, but the good news is that he was treated with regular flu medicine, Tamiflu, that they use for regular flu, and he did respond to it. And there are 34 states now they've identified these infected birds in in the United States. So thank God it hasn't jumped to humans, but it is just something of uh, of concern. And uh, and again, we're hearing about, you know, COVID, thank God, the death rate is low, but it still is quite contagious. And there is this new BA5 variant they're seeing in Africa, and they're saying it's starting to move around Europe. But again, as we've talked in the past, these things be, are become more contagious, but less lethal because they want to survive, but they learn not to kill their host, human hotel. And uh, that's why we're seeing a much, much lower death rate. And also now, thank God, we have all these monoclonal antibodies and oral antivirals to block replication. So the death rate is dramatically lower in the United States and, and worldwide. Understood. 
Um, so I want to know how I can have a couple of drinks and not feel it the next day, Dr. Mikolas. That was a joke, by the way. Well, yeah, no. Well, I think that when you listen to some of the news these days, people need that anesthesia, and that's what that's what a good a good thick drink sometimes maybe uh maybe an ouzo, one of those uh, ouzos. Oh, no, not ouzo. Not ouzo. And the Albanian raki. You can put that in your gas tank. Anyway, that's what uh, we might be doing to uh, deal with gas shortages uh, one day. But yeah. anyway, so that's, put the, put so the that's ouzo in the gas thing. tank. That's a great idea right that's there. Cool. That's some clean well, energy. Dr. Dr. Peter Michalos, thank you so much for uh, calling in and giving some important advice to all our listeners. And God bless you. And we'll talk to you on Sunday. Thank you so much. Stay healthy, and thanks for always getting the truth out on the Cats Roundtable. God bless. Well, guys, this has been some week, John. TGIF, uh, Jerry Crowley. You know, you're welcome to come here anytime to have a good time. Well, I don't think I add much. You guys are on top of your game. It's fun to watch it happen, and I take some pride in in coaching you to get to the point where you own most of the radio stations in New York, John. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Governor Patterson, I hope you have a nice weekend. Uh, Judge uh, Weinberg. Thank you, John. And Chief. Chief. John, unless you open up something on the beach on Fridays in the summer. You're going to the Inner Circle dinner tomorrow night. I am. And the last time you were there with with, uh, uh, Mayor Giuliani. Giuliani, I was in it. You played Michael Corleone. I played Michael Corleone. We did a skit with the (laughs) Sopranos. It was a lot of fun. Well, thank God. Again, I'll be Friday. there tomorrow night, too. Lydia, thank you. I should sing a little song in time. We'll get you on stage. We'll get you on stage. Well, let's, uh, thank God to all uh, thank all our listeners, and uh, God bless New York, and God bless America, and have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you, John. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.